0: Hello, Landing Page Optimization listeners. This is your host, Tim Ash. Next time you browse through iTunes or the Google Play Store on your smartphone, make sure to land on and download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile app. Listen to new episodes of LPO every Monday or catch up on all the interviews featuring me speaking with the best and brightest conversion thought leaders of today. Download the WebmasterRadio.fm mobile apps in the iTunes Store or via Google Play today. And this week, my guest is Jake LeVant, the CMO of Tunimo. Uh, I love saying that. Welcome, Jake. Hey, thanks, Tim. Uh, So for those of our listeners that that aren't familiar with Tunimo, uh, give us a very short description of the company. Sure. Tunimo is an
2: online video, which is on the page that you can use to help your conversion. So we do custom animations on your page. that helps with the conversion.
0: Okay, now, uh, animation, I'm thinking either the Cartoon Channel or Bob the Paperclip of Microsoft Infamy, uh, you mean like that? So I think that you're right, it starts there, but it, it's the notion of animation that we take whatever that may be,
2: be it a paperclip or a character or a Flintstone, but it really is the fact that we can animate anything, so it can even be something more serious, like a, a person character or it can be a Barney Rubble character, but yeah, you're in the right direction.
0: Uh, well, yeah. You know, what I meant, though, is that, you know, Bob, the paperclip wasn't exactly helpful. <laughs>
2: <So>. <laughs> You're right. You know, I think that part of the problem was there that it just always showed up and it wasn't really listening to us. It just showed up when it had something to say. So I think that's one of the lessons that we are certainly trying to listen to. And especially in the conversion game, that's pretty important that we are listening to you know, what's working, what's not working and when people are shutting it off.
0: Yeah, so that, that that brings up a great point. You know, one thing we know psychologically is a lot of our stuff, even sitting in front of a, a web browser, our, our basic survival defenses are, react to sudden and unusual things in the environment. So surprise is not necessarily a good thing. You don't want random stuff showing up when you don't expect it, right?
2: That's right. I mean, this is a learning curve, but I think that one of the things we're trying to understand here is really when the typical user comes in what's their flow, And then when we see people are starting to stray, where they may need a little bit of help. And in those cases, we're trying to find the right balance between not shocking them, but trying to be there and guiding them through the process, and what the website owner had in mind, and trying to keep them on the rails.
0: Okay, but so when, uh, but let, let's, uh, again, since this is radio, we can't say visualize this, but uh, well, we sort of can. But so when you say uh, animated uh, cartoon character, what are we really, uh, they're, they're humanoid still, they, and how lifelike are they, or how stylized are they?
2: Well, the idea here is to try and abstract from the, the people that we see on the street. And the notion is that if we see someone on the street, we're going to have immediate thoughts as to, oh, they look like, and then we're going to have either negative or positive thoughts about them. But we're going to go into the minutia. So we do keep it fun and animated and a little bit innocent like that. So they look like Pixar characters, not too exaggerated, but really something that represents a human-esque, something that we've probably seen in lots of movies, the Little Mermaid, things that reflect human characters, and human habits, but we can't really say, oh, I've seen you down the street and you're the guy who, who sold me the big gulp at 7-Eleven. So, right. really so you, you don't want it to
0: go into that kind of creepy zone where we're saying, well, that's human, but uh, well, that's almost human, but it's off. So it's actually disturbing. You want to kind of stay away from it on, and stay on the cartoony side of things, right? That's where we're at right now. And I think
2: there's, there's a little innocence and fun and playfulness to that at this point.
0: Okay, now let's talk about that. So if an an animated character pops up as my my guide for a website or an online experience, uh, you know, when you say fun and playful, are there times when this is a bad idea? Let's get that out of the way. I mean, is there ever where, you know, where my corporate culture or my branding kind of goes against that and it would be perceived as, you know, too gimmicky or childlike? I mean... I think it's a fair concern. I mean, I think... We are starting in places where we haven't had that. We're starting
2: with really conversion-centric people, um, and those are you know, performance marketers, and they really run to solutions like this. When we start t- talking to brands, then a lot of them have asked us to animate their own logos or their own characters because we don't want to have a brand clash. The notion is not to replace their brand with our branding, uh, certainly, they've invested heavily in there, so there is a gimmick factor that they're wary of, and it's not necessarily a gimmick factor. They're just more brand protective, meaning that they've already invested in an asset, and they want to really maximize that asset. So we have
0: right. So the idea would be package. kind of like uh, if you have uh, the Michelin Man, you want actually your animated character should look like the Michelin Man. That's they're exactly. Heavy. That's
2: exactly it. So we're getting a lot more requests like that to animate their character and bring that to life in the web environment.
0: Okay. Well, now let's, let's come back to reality for uh, most of our listeners. They don't have a giant brand and they don't have an animated characters part of the brand. So this would still be kind of a humanoid person. How do you decide what personality that should have, whether to make it male or female, uh, how to dress it, uh, hairstyles, colors, that sort of thing?
2: Well, what we do is we just have a conversation with the website owner, the marketing manager, we get a sense of who's coming to the pages, what type of uh, things are they looking for, what are their barriers, what is the benefits, and then from those discussions we can kind of get a sense of who they're expecting to meet on the page And though we don't have the full range, you know, we don't have a real human to stand there, we do have some play here whether or not they want a male or a female or a kid or an adult and someone more authoritative or a little bit diminutive, um, you know, if they want to dress it as a doctor and be perceived as more professional or more medical. So this is the range that we're playing in. And these things come out in a discussion with the marketing manager because they've already established these things.
0: Right. Okay. But, uh, but uh, still, is there, is there anything we can say kind of more broadly in general? For instance, female characters are better than male, uh, you know, anything like that? Uh, I think that we
2: are seeing that certainly in terms of relationship and health. A lot of the marketing managers are really seeing that the females are able to communicate that. Um, it's it surprisingly, but you, it, we're seeing that females in a, in a white lab coat seems to be delivering highly in the, in the natural category and the categories that we're trying to help them online. But we're just early here, and I think that we've seen different things. One surprising anecdote, for example, is that we have a blonde and a brown hair, and we, we are in a Japanese market. And of course, we thought that obviously the darker hair women would be outperforming. But we did a test of a blonde hair and a brown-haired lady saying the same words. And the blonde hair was outperforming. So just things like this keep on surprising uh, us.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that that one I, can, I have from, from – uh, you know, I had an old girlfriend. And when she uh, was 15 and went with another girlfriend to Italy, uh, her girlfriend was blonde and apparently in kind of uh, – you know, the, in Italy, that that was a very unusual thing. So they had packs of Italian guys following him around because her girlfriend had this, you know, shoulder or I mean, you know, like waist length blonde hair. And so right. I think maybe with the Japanese, it's a case of contrast. <laughs> you know, they they all have black hair, so anything that's blonde would stand out and be perceived as exotic and interesting. I guess you're right. Yeah, we seen right, other um, things that sorry. Know, there's there's sometimes we see that people want to make it a more
2: light process and more uh... fluid. So they you like to put a younger character? Um, one thing that someone was asking someone to download and install, which is one of these things that we don't feel necessarily too comfortable with. And so we tried it with a woman, and we tried it with a kid, and somehow the kids seemed to really outperform because I think people like the innocence of it. It's some of the psychology that we're trying with it. We're trying to get deeper on and kind of understand, but we get the sense of certain areas a man is more effective or a woman. And then now we're starting to see that a kid is starting to have some play in terms of getting okay. adults to convert. So,
0: so age and gender both matter. Okay, so basically what you can do is you can think of this as a refinement process. First, you do that kind of top-level uh, dis- distinction on gender or age, and then you can refine hair color and dress and other attributes. So the idea is, you, you're basically kind of doing a series of quick split tests to get the person, the character's appearance dialed in. Right.
2: That's right. That's right. We also do that with scripts. I think it's important to understand the, the value of the script as well and the behavioral triggers. So. Um, we 'd like to test if it 's a woman, we like to put it against a man. So those are some that we can also play with the clothing and the hair color. Those are some variables, but also key variables are also what they 're saying and whether they 're being more long-winded or they 're shortened to the point, more action oriented.
0: Okay, now, wait, so when we talk about scripts, uh, so I, I don't think it's, you know, we made it clear uh, exactly how this plugs into the site. We only have a couple of minutes before the break, but let's focus on that. So give us an example, a quick example, of of how one of these characters would appear on the site and what they would do. Is it just a one-time speech on the homepage or the landing page? Uh,
2: so it may be uh, where you take the code and you say that you people are coming to my funnel and are about to leave, and so we'll see a mouse trigger that someone's about to leave... And then we'll pop an animation and say, you know, hey, I wanted to tell you one more thing about the process, or well, rest assured your credit card details are going to be uh, remain safe with us, something to that effect. So we can do it based on different triggers, and it's just a line of code, and it's triggered based on certain behaviors. And that's, then it pops up the character that we've discussed, and then with the scripting that's that we've discussed, and with the voiceover talent, and all brought together in a really high-quality animation that's on the page.
0: Okay well, let's 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 come back. yeah, that 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 helps, but I want to explore this more after we come back. We'll be back in a couple of minutes after a word from our sponsors.
1: More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Plus, let our in house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy.
0: I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho.
1: Affiliate marketing is changing rapidly. The balance of power is shifting and in some cases, affiliates are growing larger than the brands they represent. Stay ahead of this and other trends with the Affiliate Marketing Insider. On demand anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
0: And we're back. This is your host Tim Ash for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and I'm continuing my conversation with Jake Levant, the CMO of Tunemo. Uh, Jake, before the break, we're talking about how these characters are can be. The point is, unlike static pre-canned video, which you might play or autoplay or or you know click to play on your page, that these uh, characters appear in a specific context. They're being triggered by behaviors on the site, like you were saying, like someone is leaving a page or abandoning an e-commerce checkout? What other kinds of circumstances have you guys triggered on?
2: We see form-filling is one of these things that is a opportunity. People get frustrated. People can't, don't even read that word. There's one word that says name, and they don't know if it's first name or last name. It's such simple things that somehow some of the web users right now still need someone to articulate it. And if you can just envision that if you were sitting beside your surfer, you know sometimes you think it's so obvious, but you just need to articulate it. It's written there. So everything you've said, you've scoured your site, you've really put the words as clear as possible, but sometimes it just needs someone to speak about it. So that goes for abandonment. That goes with for form-filling. And we are having people who say, you know, no matter how many times they rework their landing page, they still like the audio-visual and the fact that it's really giving them a chance to pitch their message as opposed to, Having the visitor read the message, so the opportunity to pitch is something that a lot of people are working on and excited about as well.
0: Okay, so multimodal. So some people prefer to read, others to listen, others are kinesthetic and like to move around and manipulate things. So you're, this is a, an option for someone to passively experience instead of actively reading it, right?
2: That's true. It's also important to know your your visitor because it's, it can become grading if every time you go to a page you have something popping up. We were talking about that clippy. You know, it's always at the wrong time. The key is to understand your message and your audience and what the right time is. And so we actually have said no to certain customers. who just it's almost turned into a spam, and it's noise spam, not just something that they're seeing. You have to be careful and work with the customer and make sure they know how to use it because when you put audiovisual on a page, it is very powerful, but you need to know not to, uh, not to overuse it or it becomes numbing, and people will quickly turn it off.
0: Well, yeah, and I mean, there, that's the danger of, of all kind of video, whether it's animation or video. The question is whether to autoplay it, whether to show it to a repeat visitor in exactly the right. same format on a, on a subsequent, you know, whether, you know, a lot of people do this really dumbly. You go off the homepage deeper in a site, you come back onto the homepage, you're, it's the same session, and they ju- they're triggering it off of the fact that you're on a page rather than knowing you've been there before. So they repeat yeah. the same thing. On, on a return visit to the homepage, even though you've heard it already, right? You that know.
2: is certainly we need to be very careful there. I'll give you one story. We are working with uh, certain sites are dating, and there, you know, it seems like it's a fairly obvious process. But of course, you can't have an autoplay in a dating if someone's visiting it during work hours. I kind of, don't want that yeah, audio. Yeah, that afternoon. might be.
0: It's like, oh, welcome to to dot <laughs> com. <milfs.com>, you know. <laughs> Now, that's an extreme case, So we, we don't get there. But there, you have to know your users
2: and the context. And we can put triggers in that, you know, don't do audio play until, you know, after 8 p.m. So those are the things that can be built in. But I think the key is really to get into the, the website um, point of view and understand what the customers are coming and what expectation and what context, and then just let them navigate. Uh, my assumption is the website is pretty much correct. Now, there are things we need to help about, what are they and we need to be selective and not to overuse video um, and we have to use video in the right way to keep them going through the funnel. So that's the work that we do with the
0: customers. Okay, so with, with the transition effects, for example, does the kind of uh, character slowly fade into view? Do they walk on the screen? How intrusive is that? Uh, how noticeable? How much do they jump out at you? when you... <laughs>
2: So it's there from the beginning. Um, that's the current uh, way that we're implementing. It's there from the beginning. It's there if you want to replay it. Um, and it's, it sits there, and it, it waves, and if you want to click on it, then you can play it. Sometimes it's autoplay depending on the customer, but it's always present on the screen. And what's important, and it's not just on the screen, it's actually calling out different things that you're talking about on the screen. So if it's talking to you about a, a, a call to action, it will actually point it out so it's more obvious for you what you need to do next. Fill out the form here and then it will point. So that engagement is only capturing your attention, it's delivering the benefit and actually walking you on the page to what you need to do next. Which is helpful. Okay, so
0: it's possible to point to different portions of the page to kind of interact with them. I mean, but does that apply? Um, how does that work in a scaling environment? You know, what if they stretch their browser window all of a sudden and the spatial relationship between the character and the element on the page changes? Right. So at this point, we're, we're just working with the customer to position it in the right place, and it's typically close to
2: the action button. Um, this isn't something that's evolving. I can't say that we've mastered that yet. We're working with different customers, but typically we like to draw the attention to where uh, we want people to click in the end of the day, so that's where we position the character, and that's where they do the talking, and then they explain the benefit, and then they walk people over and click the button, and they're pointing to the button, which is probably very close by.
0: Okay, now are you doing this kind of waist up, all spokesperson style, or is it kind of a full height person just standing there in the foreground with just far We're whole doing body? full.
2: We're doing full cartoon. I think that people want to see the full cartoon. Um, we, we because we're not into the, the real people. We're we, we haven't gone down that avenue yet, so we don't know what that would look like. Thus far, we've created these whole cartoon characters, and it seems really playful, so to cut it off halfway it seems like almost a shame. You know, you want to see the full mermaid, or you want to see, and we don't have a mermaid, mm-hmm. but we want to see the full character, that it looks like a Betty or a Veronica, or whoever okay. it may
0: be. And, and you can essentially pin them to be in some spatial relationship to a specific part of the page, like you were saying. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, well, you know, we, we, here we are, we're kind of halfway through the show already, but The whole point of this is obviously this is the uh, landing page optimization podcast. So pardon me, but why should I give a crap? Okay, I mean, so what's the point of all of these, you know, cartoons walking around on my page?
2: Well, I think it certainly is a new way to approach your customers. When a customer comes to your landing page, you know, they have very little time that they need to suck in your message and decide whether or not they're going to take the next step. And so if you're relying on them to read, Chances are you've you've perfected that and you've changed the button from green to red or what have you. But this is really something that's significantly different. And we're seeing that in many times it's different and good because it's really giving you the chance to articulate your message and then walk on the landing page and point out what is next. So as as we work with customers, we say, what is the key message of this landing page? Okay, let's use this character that we put on the page and articulate that because you have too much clutter on your landing page. So let's articulate that and get the character to speak it, and then don't leave your visitor figuring it out. Walk them over to the action
0: point. Okay. So, well, but if I can, but if I can just um, kind of question the approach. What I hear you saying is that they have a lot of annoying, distracting, cluttered things on their page. Uh, and this is a way to get around it, but what I'm also hearing you say is by introducing motion and animation, what you're in effect doing is creating kind of a Turkish bazaar, but you're the one that screams the loudest and says, pay attention to me, the animated moving thing on the page that's talking to you, you know, so isn't isn't the, shouldn't the advice be to kind of tone down the page and get rid of the clutter? I think you're right.
2: I mean, I think ideally we would like the page to be able to speak for itself, and we keep on making more and more landing pages in that direction. Despite that, when we get to our optimal landing page, still somehow we're able to see that we can improve the conversion by, by pitching, by having the opportunity at different times based on user behavior to articulate what it is that we want to say. So by taking it from a a lean forward, where someone has to read and make all the decisions, sometimes there's an instance where, hey, we can put a little bit of engaging video in there, and it will improve the conversion. So you're absolutely correct. The ideal is to have a landing page that's, that sits there, and it delivers a message crystal clear. But okay. we're seeing that the, the users like you do and me like to be engaged, and that this is another medium to engage them.
0: Okay, well, um, I'm going to. um, We're gonna. uh, We're up against another break, um, uh, but before we go, and just after we come back from the break, I want to explore this uh, Jewish kid gone Breaking Bad. You started playing (laughs) piano, and now you're kicking people in the head. We'll find out about (laughs) that when we come back. This is your host Tim Ash for LPO Landing Page Optimization. We'll be back after a word from our sponsors
1: There are many things we would love to catch: catching the final out of a baseball game,
2: and that's the ball game.
1: reeling that big catch of the day, or catching a ride home. Taxi. How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short, branded, attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike, for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: My day is done. Time for
2: happy hour. You're already done for the day?
1: Advance your affiliate marketing efforts every week on Affiliate Buzz. Our hosts, James and Arlene Martell, are here to inspire, inform, and motivate you with expert insight, interviews, and information that will increase your bottom line. Affiliate Buzz, on demand, anytime inside the Affiliate Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash.
0: Like, like any good Jewish parents, they tried to teach you piano, and you ended <laughs> up doing taekwondo? What's wrong with you?
2: You know, I ran as far away the other direction as I could, and I, I guess it was just being the smallest in my family, the smallest in every school, and piano wasn't cutting it. You know, I already had a problem coming from this Jewish family. I had this rep of being this, you know, dorky little kid, so somehow I needed to toughen up quickly. So I guess that's where I met my master, Master Myungok Yu. And he started getting me in shape. And, uh, you know, lo and behold, when I got to high school, I already had a reputation for the Jewish kid with the black belt. And uh, it, <laughs> <laughs> it, it served me well, I have to tell you. That I, I was one of the few nerds that didn't get picked on in high school because of that. So that was uh, a little known fact, but careful, because this Jewish kid can not only play you a minuet, but he can also defend himself in the back alley. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, that's the uh, I guess the uh, the suburban version of the Crips and the Blood story, right? Or the <laughs> Jets and the Sharks. Okay. Uh, well, back back to our regularly scheduled programming. So, I want to explore one thing. Is um, I don't know if you've done any of this, but there is the alternative to this, or how it's typically done. I'd already mentioned, kind of video is a video spokesperson that also walks out and says a couple of short scripts. Can you contrast the? Uh, um, the advantages and disadvantages of both. Have you seen circumstances in which one performs better than the other or vice versa? Sure. I think that
2: there's a lot to be said about using this medium, um, about having someone to come and pitch, and we've talked about that and bring the video on the page. So I think that in both cases, that's going to work to your advantage. Um, Video works in that it's very lifelike. I think I mentioned it earlier. You know, it is a life like you've actually got a person there and you've already made some decisions about the person. And typically we're seeing the people who want to uh, build their, their seriousness and their credentials go with that. It can be a very light sight and they're looking for a very authoritative person. And they don't feel like they're necessarily going to have that with a cartoon. And at this point, I can't necessarily prove them wrong. It's very much... Uh, subjective in how they perceive the brand.
0: Well, also, in it's, it's know okay if the person is the actual spokesperson. If you're Tony Robbins, you actually want Tony to come out and speak and not a cartoon version of Tony.
2: That's absolutely true. And so that's where we were talking about the brand itself that has its own icon that it wants to deliver. So there's no touching that. Um, just some terms of the practicalities, I think that... When you work with something that's not real, it allows you to, in our system, we don't have to call someone back to change a script. We don't have to reshoot the whole thing because we are using an animation studio. We're actually an automated animated studio, which allows you to change scripts, and so you can make it very iterative and based on certain behaviors, which becomes very cost-intensive when you have real models. Here, we have real voice. But we don't have a real model and it's very easy to make script changes. And so, so you basically just
0: do some just record some the voiceover of the actual clips that need to happen and you guys can independently handle the, the gestures, the animations and the look of the character and change those at any time. That, and Absolutely. So, so so basically if there's a talk track, the person's the character's mouth automatically syncs with the words that are being spoken?
2: That's true. That's the technology that we have. And it's not just the simplicity and the flexibility, but it allows us to make all these iterations and see which one is outperforming. Because with, if you have a fixed cost for every time you bring the model into the studio to shoot a different clip, then eventually you're going to give up. But when we can zero that cost of iterations, then we well, oh, "Why not? I'll try this script, or I'll try something much more aggressive, or much more soft. I'll use this time trigger, and so it actually breeds the culture of. Let's try an error. Try an error and see if we can outperform the previous
0: clip. Okay. So, so what I'm hearing is just kind of this this notion of fast iteration, inexpensive changes, the ability to test and and refine to get the best results. Is that, that's really the key advantage? Kind of as you're talking about it.
2: That's it. And the one thing that we are, is more subjective at this point, or that we can't overcome, is if you've got a real spokesperson or a brand. You know, we can't touch that at this point. We're we're working with brands to animate their own brands and create the same dynamism that I just described in terms of the testing. But at this point, that is our key advantage, that we are able to continue to modify at zero cost so you can get the best-performing conversion results.
0: Okay. Well, so let's talk about kind of the results of this. So let's say you have a static page, and then once you've gone through your process of refining the character and their interactions or how they support the conversion, what kind of results have some of your clients seen? Can you just rattle off some quick ones?
2: Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I, I, don't like, I don't think it's um, – if I tell you that this one got 13%, that one got 70%, I, I don't like to promise that it's going to be uh, any particular number. We do see consistently double digits, and we see many are in the 20 and 30% range. Um, that can depend tremendously on how much conversion optimization they've done and how effective their pages are to begin with because oftentimes we meet a client and we are one of the first points of contact in terms of conversion. So almost anything will help. That said, even on people who have really refined their pages, we're getting double-digit improvements. And In some instances, we've doubled the conversion. So um, typically we're about 30% conversion improvement, and I think that for what it goes is we start with about 10 or 20% just by bringing a lot of the script and making it uh, alive on their page. And then we go okay, through an so, optimization...
0: So this- Right, So basically, what you're saying is you're bringing some good base knowledge and your first version of it's going to be already pretty decent, and then you're just going to see where the the uh, audience leads you.
2: That's correct. And then we can, because we've seen many different examples of what works on a form fill or what's working on a landing page similar to that. So we can already start. Or even if the marketing manager doesn't have an opinion as to what be, can be said, uh,
0: yeah, or you, the can, script is. you can help them along the way. Well, unfortunately, Jake, we are out of time. Um, if you, uh, you know, hopefully we'll will, you know, we, I know we could keep talking for a while, but um, w- maybe we'll have you back and talk about the nitty gritty of this. Um, if you guys are interested in learning more about conversion, of course, check out the Conversion Conference. Uh, we have uh, for 2014 San Francisco, Chicago, and Boston. Go to conversionconference.com. For our loyal listeners, use the promo code for WMFM for $100 off of Conversion Conference. Jake, thank you again for being on the show. Uh, really appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. And for our loyal listeners, we'll see you on the flip side.